You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. I am Katie Jackson, and I am going to host uh, the radio show again for you today. Um, we are hoping that Lauren will be back. Um, well, she will be back starting uh, mid-February doing the shows um, after um, her, her father passed away. So she has been taking care of business doing that um, with her mother. And so she has been in our thoughts, and um, it looks like she is going to be back and ready to go um, in the next couple weeks. So today I get to interview a very dear friend of mine and a dear friend to so many people in the HD community, um, Miss Nancy Sweet. And um, Nancy has uh, a son, Chad, who lives with Huntington's disease. And if anyone's met Chad, he is the sweetest, kindest man uh, you will ever meet. And I have actually been very, um, very blessed to have spent a lot of time with Chad, Chad over the years, and um, he's just an amazing guy. And But Chad uh, does have Huntington's disease, and he did recently just have COVID. So I am going to jump straight into the show because we want to talk about what happened to Chad um, during this whole COVID experience. So uh, let me start by saying that not only does Chad have Huntington's disease, but he also has diabetes. So um, it was really scary when... Uh, Nancy found out that Chad had tested positive for COVID. Um, so, Nancy, I'm going to bring you in the show, and let's talk about what were the first symptoms that alerted Chad's caretakers that he could possibly have COVID? Well, on Sunday evening, it was a week and a half before Christmas, um, I received a call from the nurse's station, and I was told that Chad had a fever of 1025 and that he was being rushed to the hospital. One of the nurses' aides who had helped to feed Chad his dinner that evening noted that he was very lethargic and non-responsive. And uh, the nursing staff took immediate action, administered a COVID test, which was positive, put cold compresses on his head, um, put him on oxygen, and waited for the ambulance to arrive. Um, Chad didn't show any symptoms earlier that day, which was really interesting to me. And then the night before, uh, he and I and also his son were on a video chat, and I was amazed at actually how happy and fun. Just, he was just having a great time on the video chat, and the very next day he got sick, and it was very quick. So um, they, they got him yeah. to the hospital, and he... So go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I was just thinking to myself that that he, you know, so they they the hospital was ne- was obviously a necessity because he was lethargic and having they couldn't they felt like they couldn't treat him there at the facility. No, not with his fever that high, and um, he they they were also um, thinking that he had pneumonia, which he did, but. Um, it was just amazing how quickly it happened because the patients are, are tested, I think, 
twice a week uh, with swabs. Mm. And uh, just the Thursday before, he tested uh, negative. So whichever day it was. But he was he had just tested negative a few days before. Wow. Wow. So the, so the facility called the hospital um, the hospital, the ambulance, the ambulance came, he went to the hospital. How, how did mm-hmm. he, long did he have to be in like the hospital setting? Well, he, um, he was taken to the emergency room and mm-hmm. um, I will have to add that the, the facility that Chad lives in, I won't mention names, but they are absolutely awesome. And knowing that I may not be able to see him again, they actually set it up where I could do a video chat with him before he left for the hospital so that I got to see him and talk to him and tell him that I love him. But um, they did, they got him to the emergency room and I was given a number to call and I called um, several times, finally spoke to a nurse who told me that he did not have COVID, not to worry, but he had pneumonia, which I was just one of many mistakes they made along the way. Um, He was admitted Mm -hmm. that night and he stayed in the hospital for, uh, including that day, five days. After the five days, he okay. was moved to rehab. Besides the miss, like the, them saying that he did not have COVID, did you feel like he got good care when he was in the hospital, or did you did you even were you even able to get any communication, even to know if he got good care in the hospital in the hospital setting? Um, the communication that I did have while he was in the hospital was a nightmare. He did not, in my mind, absolutely did not receive good care. Um, they were, they did, they seemed very ignorant when it came to um, Huntington's disease and the mistakes that they made about his diagnosis and um, just, um, just their, well, I'd have to say just again, ignorance. And I can't blame it all on the hospital or the rehab center because I did find out that Chad's doctor had um, told them about Huntington's disease and his specific needs, although I was, I was mm-hmm. told that he did. Um, they, they didn't go into enough detail. And the hospital is extremely busy. Um, sure. I did speak to Chad a couple of times during stay in the hospital and um, he had a phone by his bed, but the phone didn't work. Uh, fixing the phone was not on their list of priorities, and I understand that. However, what should have been on their list of priorities was making sure that my son was hydrated and fed, and that was not happening. Um, on the few occasions that Chad was provided with a phone where he could actually talk to me and the times that he was able to respond, he complained about not having a shower for several days and not being able to eat. He was very thirsty, but he was unable to reach or drink out of the cup that the hospital provided him. All of the Huntington's families that I know and patients realize that they can't just drink out of regular cups. So um, my understanding is that they would bring things in and just set it in front of him and just assume that he could reach, that he could hold, that he could feed himself, and he couldn't. Um, he did fall on one occasion while in the hospital because they didn't respond in time for him to get to the bathroom, so he tried to go by himself, and he fell. That was one occasion that they actually called me. 
So, no. Uh, the um, treatment in the hospital was, I don't care how many excuses you can make for COVID. It was unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, yeah. He's a, he's a human being that has Huntington's disease. He needed, they needed to yep. help him and feed and hydrate, especially when you have pneumonia and you have COVID and you have a fever, not getting hydration. Mm-hmm. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. That's, and diabetes uh, on top so, of it all. Yeah. Oh, it was a nightmare. Um, it was a nightmare. And, and at one point I remember thinking to myself that between the hospital and the rehab center, that they were going to kill my son, not COVID, not Huntington's. They were. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but yeah. just their their um, their the negligence. negligence. But yeah, yes, the negligence. However, the rehab yeah. center did turn around, um, and I'll go into that. I guess as the questions go yeah. on, but they did make a yeah. complete turnaround. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah. So why did they move Chad into a rehab facility and they didn't send him home? Um, Due to the laws in the state where Chad resides, he could not return to his nursing home until he tested negative for COVID. Um, Mm. So five days after the hospital, he was moved into a, what they call step down unit, which was a rehab facility that, like the hospital, had no clue how to adequately care for a patient who has Huntington's disease. Um, And really, you know, I I can point fingers all I want. I just think that the whole, that everybody is responsible. Um, When when I was told that on Christmas Day when Chad called me, 3.30 in the afternoon and he had not had breakfast or lunch, and I called the nurse's desk, and this was the day that I made a friend at the rehab unit, thank God. Um, but I was told that the doctor, he looked through the records while he was talking to me, this nurse, and said, the doctor did not, he said first, if Chad wants help to eat, he's just going to have to wait. And that was at 3.30 in the afternoon after maybe being delivered breakfast and lunch, but he can't feed himself. So this gentleman took the time to listen to me, other than he was a little defensive, but he did say that the doctor did not leave specific instructions for Chad's diet. Cutting his food up was not on the list. Helping feed him was not on the list. Nothing. And Mm. so the doctor's view of educating this staff, I don't know what they he considered education, but no, they were not educated on how Gosh. to handle a Huntington's patient. But yeah. for this wonderful nurse that I spoke to, who after talking to me and telling me that if Chad wanted help, he'd have to wait, he took the time to read up about Huntington's and made a complete turnaround within 15 minutes he had called me back and said, I'm going to go and make sure that Chad eats. I'm going to help him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to do, you know, I don't know, a miracle. All I Mm -hmm. do is pray that other people will have one of those (laughs) wonderful people 
like this nurse who takes the time to figure it out and then treat my right. chat my my son with dignity and respect and the care that he needs. Yeah, absolutely. So how long did Chad test positive for COVID? Um when he, he was right, in general. Uh, yeah. In looking at the calendar, it was between 25 and 29 days. Well, it was 29 days when he was finally able to return. In that particular, the 29th day, he tested negative. So I think his last test before that was about 25 days in which he had tested positive. So I'd say between 25 and 29. And and how long of that did how long of that did you notice that he really wasn't expressing symptoms of COVID? but still testing positive for the virus? Well, I had asked uh, the rehab unit, um, the times that I was able to get them to talk to me, um, well, is he running a fever? No. Um, Does he still have pneumonia? No, his lungs are clear. I believe that the last two full weeks, I believe that he really wasn't having any symptoms, but he was coughing a lot. Um, but they said that he was doing fine. He was just testing positive and asymptomatic, I believe is the word. Interestingly enough, the day after he got to rehab, when he actually had a phone by his bed that would work, he um, he had me on the phone, but the nurse who was tending to him didn't know that I was on the phone. And she had come in to take his temperature and said to him, put the thermometer under your tongue and just hold it there. Chad can't do that. <laughs> right, right. And then when I asked him, I said, Chad, Chad, I'm right here. I said, ask her, what is your, what is your temperature? I wanted to know if, you know, if it was better. And she, he tried to ask her, and she said, well, you won't cooperate. You won't hold the thermometer in your mouth. It, wow, that just blows me away. That's, I mean, Chad yeah. has a real problem with his his jaws clamping shut all the time, sure. and uh-huh. he can't. I mean, just putting a straw in his mouth mm-hmm. is hard. How in the world uh-huh. would they expect a Huntington's patient to hold a thermometer under their tongue? They shouldn't even have been right. using that on him. <laughs> right, right. They, and they have so many other ways, right? The temperature on the temple, and they have other ways to yeah. do it. They were just they were being lazy yes. is what they were doing. If I didn't um, hear it with my own ears, I would believe no way. I mean, if Chad had just said that to right. me, I would thought, no, he's not. But I heard it with my own ears. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. This is what we got to deal with. <laughs> right. And I understand that they're overwhelmed and they have a lot of patients. They have a lot of that. But still, I mean, his temperature to to chart it and to get it down in something this serious with that lives mm-hmm. with you know pre-existing illnesses is important. Mm-hmm. That's an important mm-hmm. thing. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so so Chad was definitely um, I would say not treated well within this facility and um, and until you you made a friend which is great and that person actually was able to listen. Um, did you notice that? Uh, after that, that they kind of gave him more of the help um, he needed because of his Huntington's? Or 
Yes, I believe it was because of this one nurse who took the time to educate himself um, and also uh, the bribes that I was making, uh, (laughs) sending pizza to them and donuts to them and anything I could do certainly helped as well. So I would say anything any family member can do to bribe or to get in their foot in the door with somebody just to talk to them, try and, and, you know, be really, really nice and get them on your side. The more you can do that, the better you'll be. Yeah. Isn't that sad? But we have to do it, right? We have to do it to be able to talk, you know, to be able to make sure our loved ones get somewhat of, like you said, the the great, you said the perfect word, dignity and respect. Um, yes. So how, yes. yeah. So how did the rehab, did you feel um, how they, the communication with you, how do you feel like they were with that aspect? In the beginning, it was very bad. Um, I would get, I, I would put, I would be transferred to wrong numbers. Um, then I would be, then I would get back to the first call that I made and I would just keep asking, could you just please tell me, did he test, he was tested on Mondays and Thursdays. Could you please just tell me, did he test positive? Did he test negative? So I got quite a bit of a runaround, but again, um, if it hadn't been for this one male nurse, I think I would have gone absolutely crazy. Um, Chad had gotten to where he was hardly even responding to me when he was talking to me and not having the video chat didn't help, but I couldn't, I couldn't see him and he's hard to understand sometimes. So I couldn't understand what he was saying. Uh, But this, this gentleman who became his friend, even would take the time to go and talk to him and learn about his past. He learned that Chad was a surfer He learned that Chad liked to go fishing. And all of those things make a difference if they would just get to know some of these patients and realize these are people. (laughs) And they had lives before they ended up in this terrible place. There were occasions that I came so close to making smart comments to people who would say, well, we're just too busy or we've been working 18, 24 hours. Well, you know what? My son would trade places with you in a heartbeat. And that's how I felt. But I kept it nice. I didn't lose my temper. And that was probably for the best because this nurse really turned things around for us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thank goodness you had that connection with him one day. So you were able to actually yes. find out how your son was. And yes. So, um, how is Chad currently? Um, how is he doing right now? He um, the first couple of days that he returned uh, to his regular home, everything's still mm-hmm. in a little bit of um, disarray um, right now because mm-hmm. they had to move everybody around. They had to do all kinds of things because COVID hit, and it required a lot of uh, relocations, moving moving rooms, and so on. And the first couple of days, it was so good just to see Chad on video and to see him smile. But after him being back and having to continue to share a room with someone else, not have his belongings and so on, which that couldn't be helped, it was very hard on him. Um, And 
and I really truly think that COVID um, contributed to him declining more than he would have normally, because once he re- once he returned from the hospital and the um, rehab unit, there was a time before he left where he could try to feed himself. Um, they would help him, but at this point now, that's gone. And I was told mm-hmm. they had to retrain him in a lot of areas. So sure. after being back for several days, it, he started to get pretty upset. Um, he wants to come home, and mm-hmm. he nothing else is in his mind but coming home home. And um, he doesn't understand why things are the way they are. So I think that um, that COVID and his treatment and being torn away from what he knew for a month and that insecurity and going without um, really did a lot of damage. So although he's back in his, in his regular home and as of today in his, in his room that is all his, uh, he's having a pretty rough time. Yeah. So COVID did, uh, you know, so people talk about, you know, oh, COVID will leave your lungs, like having like almost like a worse lung than a smoker I had for years. And COVID leaves you with maybe some circulation problems and all these, these different things that COVID leaves behind. But with someone with Huntington that has to go through an experience like Chad had to go through, it leaves, it made him decline. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's um it's so much more damaging than you think. Yes, and and you know, I I thought when he first got COVID, I thought that that was the worst thing ever. Um and I am so so thankful that he recovered from it. I I really didn't mm-hmm. think that I would be able to see him again. But seeing mm-hmm. now how far he's declined as a result. Um yeah. It's just, you know, it's just like, wow, I I felt like we were out of the woods. We were out of, we're out of the woods as far as COVID, but it, it's just, <laughs> you can't take back what's happened and you can't, you know, it, it, it was horrific. And yeah, I, I don't know if, I don't, I know I'll never have him back the way I had him just the night before he got sick. I know that will never happen again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on and talking to us about this, because I think that there's so much more to talk about with COVID and the impacts that it's going to have on our community more so um, than we even, even have brought to the surface. Um, You know, people have not been able to see their families, families have um, our loved ones in facilities haven't seen their children, their mothers, their fathers, their siblings for almost a year. It will be, um, they have been, you know, um, overwhelmed nursing facilities that they haven't. A lot of them haven't gotten the care that they were used to. They've been pushed to hospitals. They've been, you know, I mean, our list can go on and on. And we all know that Huntington's disease, our loved ones, they like consistency and they like um, their routines and they like seeing their family. And this has all been taken away from them. And um, the impact that this is going to have on our loved ones, the decline, the not coming back. Um, from this virus is is more uh, than what we realize, I think. And I think we're going to hear more stories like Nancy's coming out. So for anyone that's lived this, know you're not alone. It doesn't make it any better. Um, and it's definitely um, not going to be able to, to change what has happened. But 
know there's others out there that have lived this same thing and um and everyone has a story um, about how they've gotten through it and the techniques they've learned. Um, like Nancy was saying, finding that right nurse that she was able to connect with that was able to finally give um, Chad the care he deserved. Um, and so stories like that help um, others that are going to, because this virus isn't going away um, uh, tomorrow. So we still have a lot to come and a lot we're going to have to live with. So Nancy, thank you. For being, um, of course, always uh, brave enough and and uh, coming on and telling our stories, uh, telling your story, because um, it definitely made me think a lot uh, through this whole process that since I've been talking to you over the last, you know, month about Chad, about the impact um, that this is having that we haven't even thought about before. So thank you so much, uh, Nancy, for coming on today. Uh, next week, uh, I think we could wrap up the show. Any final any final thoughts, Nancy, before, I, before we... Uh, Come off here. Oh, I may have lost her. Um, I don't know. I may have lost Nancy. So, uh, if um, I think that we will show up for now, um, please uh, make sure you tune in next week. We're going to have Connect HD on with Dr. Aaron Stemming out of um, U- uh, University of Texas. Uh, she's in the Houston area. She's amazing. Um, so she's going to give us an update um, about Connect HD, and they are um, enrolling again, and they are on the move. COVID did delay them in some stuff, but she's going to come back and give us an update about all of that. Um, I think that will do it for today. Everybody, don't forget to tune in next week, and have a safe week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. 